Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Salam everyone! This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy welcoming you to She Talks Peace. And my co-host for today... Hi, this is Jenny Elmako. I'm coming from the European Research Action Service, but I also help out with uh, Amina's incredible projects in women and peace building. So hello to everybody. Hey, Jen, looks like politics is really heating up in the Philippines, right? Every day, that's all I hear is Scott Moreno, the mayor of Manila, uh, being enticed to run. I guess they're doing uh-huh. that so that it will take away what support from the principal female contender, Sara Duterte, <laughs> the daughter of the president and mayor of Davao City. But uh, interesting that her dad would actually tell her that it's not a woman's job. Isn't that isn't that weird, Jen? You know, it reminds me of what. Um... Margaret Thatcher, who said that uh, in politics, if you want anything said, ask a man. If you want anything done, ask a woman. So I think this is a challenge. Uh, the, the things that, are, that have been said is a challenge to, to me or Sarah. And, I, uh, and you know, it's, like, uh, it's something that uh, she, she should think about very clearly if she wants to accept this challenge. But yeah, women in, in politics, that's definitely what we need. Right, Amina? Absolutely. I mean, after all, we've had two female presidents already. The first one being the beloved, the late uh, President Corazon C. Aquino. And then you Mm -hmm. have the other one, (laughs) President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo, who is a very staunch ally of President Duterte. So how could he possibly say that uh, it's not a woman's job? When, I don't know, what, yeah. was he, what was he thinking of? You know, Jen, Mama, my mom, a former senator, Santanina Rasul, actually ran for Senate uh, under President uh, Corey. And um, I remember. She, she never in her life dreamt of being a political leader. 
she was a very dutiful daughter. I mean, she grew up in a traditional family, in a traditional community on an island called Chiasi in Sulu Archipelago. And her dad wanted her to get married and raise a family immediately after graduating from the University of the Philippines. So my mom, the dutiful daughter, uh, went home to Chiasi instead of accepting a scholarship to study in Europe. Oh my God, if that had been me, Europe, here I come. Wow. So mama went home, <laughs> no uh, took, a, yeah, took a job as a yeah. teacher, a public school teacher teaching elementary uh, school in um, Shasi, raised a family. That includes me, thank goodness. But lucky for us <laughs> that my dad, the late uh, Abraham Rasul, former uh, ambassador and member of cabinet of Makapaga, of Diosdado uh, Makapagal, was a very progressive, a very liberal Muslim who encouraged Mama to follow her stars. So what happened was my that. dad ran and lost three times. My mom <laughs> ran and won the first three times. So the first one, she was a barangay counselor. The second, she won as a provincial board member. And then the wow. third, she won as the first Muslim woman senator in the Philippines. But that was never her ambition. She really just wanted to raise a family and help her community. But I guess she saw mm -hmm. that for a woman to be able to really push the the barriers, right? Break the barriers and help the community, she needed some kind of uh, of power. You think the same, right, Jen? Of course. And you know what I love about your mom? I mean, I've been following uh, your mom's uh, journey, actually, since I was uh, very young. I mean, you know, it's uh, she's she's really one of the leaders here in the country that we really look up to because of the programs that she has passed, uh, the bills that she has passed for women. So she was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the the champion of the women's uh, she's a women's rights champion and advocate, and she was the one who authored Republic Act 7192 or the Women in Development and Nation Building Act of 1995, and she also sponsored a Republic Act. Uh, number 6949, which is the law declaring March 8th, our March 8th, which we celebrate every year, as the National Women's Day celebration in the Philippines. And a lot more, right? I mean, she's, uh, she's. I think she has like a lot of awards and outstanding awards. But what I love about it is, you know, as, as you said, like she started as, a, as an educator. And that is exactly it. Because um, someone wise once told me, you know, when you educate a man, you educate an individual. But when you educate a woman, you educate a generation. And look at you now, you know, um, because of the example of, of your mom um, and the example that she has given to all Filipino women and women also all, uh, all over the world. You know, women like you are, you know, we are having these conversations and we were joined by two amazing women as well in these conversations. I mean, it's so we, we, we get bigger. The tribe becomes bigger. Definitely. That's why I'm so happy that we have our two guests, our two friends. We've decided to join us on uh, She Talks Peace. One of them is from Marawi City. 
you know, victim of the siege of Marawi. Remember that when uh, violent mm, yes. uh, extremists held Marawi hostage and held off the government for months. So uh, yeah. Samira Gutuk Tumawis is from Marawi. She's a journalist, a legislator, a senatorial candidate. Uh, she's an awardee of the 10 Outstanding Women Award and an NPs uh, awardee. And, but more than wow. that, she continues to fight for the rights of, uh, of the Muslims, particularly those who have been displaced during the Marawi siege. And I believe continue to be displaced. And Jen, who's our other guest? Our other guest, the amazing Dr. Socorro Reyes. Amazing. Uh, she's yep. Yeah, she's incredible. I mean, she, just for those who are listening to us and probably who have not had the fortune to uh, listen to her or know about her, she's Regional Governance Advisor at the Center for Legislative Development, focusing on gender and public policy. So she, her research and her work um, has focused on gender and the electoral system, um, gender and federalism. Um, and she has done a lot of work with you, Amina, uh, you know, in, in uh, the autonomous region in Muslim Mindanao affecting women's participation and rights. Interestingly as well, very important information for uh, people who are listening to us. She was the former chief for Asia Pacific and the Arab states of UNIFEM, now UN Women. So she has provided strategic advice and technical leadership to five sub-regional offices and the biggest country office in the region. So you can imagine the wealth of knowledge and expertise and skills. And, uh, you know, what I love about her is just, she's really, she's feisty, you know, she's really fierce. The definition is really fierce for all the right reasons. So she's, and I consider her uh, a great mentor and a very good friend to you, Amina. You know, these two, these two ladies, uh, like, some, for instance, may not look feisty, but oh boy, don't you dare push her. Hi, Sam. Say hello. How is Marawi, Sam? Thank you very much, Ma'am Amina. Very cold. We miss you here. Saipo, Ma'am Sok, Jenny. Hi, Sok. So Sok is back in the Philippines, and uh, I hope and pray that she's going to continue her mischief getting oh, women engaged in uh, the political process. So, so what sure do you think, Sok? <laughs> What's going to happen to women's participation in this coming election? Well, first, thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this podcast, uh, Amina. And Jenny, thanks for that very kind introduction. You know, uh, more than all those academic qualifications, what I really value is friendship. And uh, Jenny and uh, Amina have been uh, friends through the years. And by the way, Amina, I worked with your mom in the passage of RA7192. I was then with the Congressional Research and Training Service. And uh, she was really extremely helpful. And through the years, we have developed friendship with uh, your mom. And in fact, oh, yeah. we share the same jokes. You know, so <laughs> no, 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 no jokes now. No jokes now. <laughs> I remember very well how she is so actively involved now with our uh, training in, um, in, in Bangsamoro. 
But yes. going back to your question, what do I think about uh, women's participation? First, uh, I mean, I'd like to stress that it's not really just about getting women elected into office. Mm. I think we have to really uh, focus on the kind of women we elect into office. And I say this, right. I have worked on you know, women's participation for decades. And mm. I am not at the point when I'm beyond numbers. I really would like to see more their work, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how they translate words into action when they uh, talk about issues. Like, for example, now we're facing the pandemic, we're facing an right. economic downturn, and we're facing also a crisis in human rights. So what I'm looking at really is how the women will position themselves on these issues. To me, that is important. Yeah. It just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you're going to empower other women, which was one of the criticisms of Aung San Suu Kyi in Myanmar, right? Yes. But um, anyway, she's still a pro-democracy woman leader. So I can only hope that the women who will be aspiring for the presidential uh, position in our upcoming elections are also going to be democracy advocates, which means they're going to empower 50% of the population, which are women. But are your hopes high right. for that talk? Um, you know, I'm an eternal optimist. I, I always <laughs> believe that, uh, you know, uh, we can still move on. I'm really looking for a woman who is like, uh, who is like a game changer. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking for a candidate you know, uh, who will be for transformative change. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we have done this, you know, through the years, and we have had women elected into office. Right. You know, it doesn't right. mean, of course, that if you're a woman president, you're a president for women. That doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Doesn't. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm really, uh, I, I'm looking at issues. I'm looking at how they will really uh, focus on issues. And Amina, and Samira is back, so we can go back to her. I'm also looking for the women's vote, but we can discuss yeah. that later. Ah, that's, that's an important subject. Well, what yes. about you, Sam? Do you think, um, what are the chances? First, what are the chances of a woman getting elected to high office? And do you think, if elected, that they're really going to empower other women? Women will empower women. Of course, hindi lahat ng kababaihan na na-elect. Yung mga minsan kamag-anak ng kanilang dinastiya ay tumutulong agad sa kababaihan. So uh, it's not necessarily automatic that women will empower women. But they have a high propensity, probability, that they will support gender-related trainings, GST, gender sensitivity, mother trainings, women, widows, uh, which... Alam natin na solo parents in this quarantine, napakalaki ng, uh, ano, you're listening to a uh, seminar behind you, multitasking talaga, and women in extremism. That's what we're, uh, in this other forum that I'm listening to, talagang they, women ulamas, religious leaders, imams, or women in religion can support the imams, faith leaders. So definitely, uh, women Christian, women Muslims, women who are involved can support public work of women. It can happen and it has happened. Sam, you know, the autonomous region of Muslim Mindanao is now the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao. And the Moro Islamic Liberation Front 
has the leadership of BARM, do you think they would support women being elected and having a leadership role in the autonomous region? Yes, it's possible for women to get voted into higher office. It's centuries ago that the first religions have provided that women, in partnership with men, and I refer to Prophet uh, Muhammad's wife, si Khadija, na naging first Muslima. The first convert was a woman. And if the faith and uh, its understanding can be understood by women, lalo pa in political engagement, where kinakailangan na itaguyod po, Ang, uh, you have to set up the institutions and that women being household managers, being mothers as partners of fathers in uh, managing children, uh, lalo pa, it's important to get to budget, it get to arrange, get to rationalize things. And uh, in quarantine, it definitely taught us that quarantine leadership is about crisis management. And per the Zamboanga siege, Per the Marawi siege, per the Yolanda, we saw how women and NGOs and civil society were major frontliners, and in, especially now. So women can get into public office. Hindi ko na kinuwento, no? That politically, presidents naging babae. So yes, it's possible. Yeah. If I may, um, I want to bring in uh, to this discussion uh, back, uh, I mean, uh, um, Dr. Sok. Um, and maybe expand the discussion a little bit. What do you think, Sok, are the issues and challenges preventing women um, in the country from political participation? Uh, first, let me react to what Samira said before I go to your uh, question, um, Jen. You know, I'm doing research now on uh, gender and conflict, in, gender and governance in conflict-affected areas. Actually, it's a regional study, and I'm taking care of the Philippines. So... Samira, uh, we're looking at uh, women in the Bangsamora Transition Authority. And I think you and me know that uh, they are in positions that are traditionally for women. Like, for example, Minister of Social Welfare. I'm not saying that's not important, but what I'm saying is that uh, they really go to those uh, uh, positions. So, of course, there's a Minister of Science. Of course, there's a Mindanao Commission on Women. But they still have to pass mm -hmm. the GATT code. And the commission and women still has to, you know, uh, be more, uh, more, more, more functional, more empowering. So um, that is, and I've talked to a lot of um, women, especially um, Samira in civil society organizations. They're the women who push, you know, for change. They're the women who push for the passage of the uh, God Code, which, by the way, is so watered down that they yeah. said, the uh, previous one is a lot better than now. Now, going to um, Jenny's question about what really prevents them. Well, as Samira said, you know, there's patriarchy. See, patriarchy is the mm -hmm. big elephant in the room. You know, mm -hmm. it's a male-dominated power relationship. It's deeply entrenched. You are, yeah. you know, for mm -hmm. the house. You should stay there. In fact, you know, when they were doing this uh, peace negotiations, you know, the question of uh, people from the MILF is that uh, what is meant by, uh, by, by, women, uh, by, by, by women participating in politics? What is meant mm -hmm. by that? So there, there's mm -hmm. still that, you know, that, that, that very big hindrance, which is patriarchy. 
And of course, so you have structural as well as cultural obstacles, no? So you have the cultural obstacle that's patriarchy, mm-hmm. and then uh, what are structural obstacles? Uh, well, uh, there is, for example, um, th- there is uh, structural like the political parties, like you say, campaign finance, mm-hmm. like of course mm-hmm. violence against you. But let, let me, uh, because this is a very good discussion, um, uh, Jen and Amina. You know. Actually, BARM has now the opportunity to really get more women, not just anyone, elected into office because uh, 50% of the seats in the uh, assembly is for, uh, it's through proportional representation. Mm -hmm. And that is where the women have an opening if political parties are Mm -hmm adopt an electoral system where we have what we call the zebra or the zipper mm. style where women and men take turns. I mean, right. uh, in different, uh, sequentially, not alternate in party yeah. list. So women will have more chance. So it's like if, you know, the regional party of the MILF puts in its uh, candidate list, Women, men, women, men. And then they get seats in mm-hmm. proportion to the number of votes they receive. And it's closed. It's a closed mm. list of candidates. They cannot j- juggle the women and the men depending yeah. on how many votes they receive. In fact, that is why I'm so interested in, uh, you know, in BARM. But Amina, yeah. they still have to come up with their election code, do you know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yep. You know, but then, yeah. yeah, but but so um, this pandemic has affected everybody. And uh, think about it. Sure. They are the Bangsamoro Transition Authority. And they were given three years to transition. To transition. And of those three years, effectively two years have been under the pandemic. So mm-hmm. that's why they're now in Congress lobbying uh, to extend the term because mm-hmm. really there's so much to do. Exactly like what you said. How can you have an elections when they have a, they don't have a, an election code Electoral. in Comelec at the national level? You know, it has, it has problems also about setting up the the process because of the pandemic. But you know, uh, going back to uh, to your earlier idea sock about a woman's party a women's vote not a, party. I have a woman a woman's vote yes 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 i do you know uh amina i've been working on this for so long and uh, <laughs> i always address possibilities rather than difficulties 
And we can have building blocks for a women's vote if we really uh, put... Look, huh? Amina, if you go by statistics, by comic, let's be mm. scientific mm-hmm. here. Mm. You know... Yeah, I love that. Whether you talk of registered voters or those who actually vote, there are more women than men. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. yes. in the last election, there were uh, 51.44% of the 61 million who registered are women. Mm. And, and 48.5% are men. And then who actually voted? More women than men vote. Mm. Yes. So yes. 1.62% were women and the men 48.37%. So if you just go by the numbers, there's so much potential. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. optimize. Now, how do we do that? That is your uh, big question. And yes. uh, we are, um, you know, doing that uh, uh, step by step. And uh, for example, uh, in the, if I may connect this uh Amina, to, you know, the Isambayan uh, procedure. We did a town hall meeting of women Mm -hmm. uh, from Mm -hmm. different, you know, socioeconomic classes, from different uh, groups, and we came up with an agenda. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, what issues are women uh, most uh, interested in for candidates to to, to carry in the 2022 elections? And they came up with three. Mm. And they are, you know, uh, number one, Kalusugan, of course, because of the pandemic. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then okay. there is Kabuhayan, because, of course, our economy is down. Okay. And then there is Karapatan, which, of right. course, are right. Mm. So, starting with an agenda, you know, because you cannot just go out and say, hey, women vote for this, that. No, starting with an agenda, you can mm. now try gelling a women mm. vote, mm. asking them, what really matters to you? What is most important to you? You start with issues and then, right. you know, build up, build on that instead right. of, you know, what we usually do. It is our problem. We Filipinos, you always say, uh, see nobody. It's always the who, you know, oh, yes. well, there is nobody now. You know, if it is, if Lenny is not running, then who, if, you know, um, this who, we have to start with the what. We have to start with the issues and vote mm-hmm. on that basis. And we have to ramp up you know, women's support. And I think we're doing that quite okay. In fact, in our last town hall meeting, women, we were able to get together women from different ideological uh, persuasions. We had Akbayan women, we had every woman, we have Gabriela, and we have a words march of women. That's a good beginning. Yeah, but let's let's ask uh, Sam the, the what. Okay. Sam. Do you think yes. there could be a woman's vote in the autonomous region? Yes, it's possible to have a woman's vote in Arm Barm. Dahil po, uh, the majority even, this is the region with highest fertility rates in the Philippines. And the DOH bears us out. Women are mostly the caregivers, the homemakers, teachers even. The majority employees of Barm are women because they are the if that the 70% no, of the employee workforce of BARM teachers uh, are women. So it's possible to have a vote if the leadership and majority population is women, di lalo pa, that there would be a vote when, especially in crisis and conflict, ang pinakakilangan desisyonan, gatas, tubig, at pagkain sa hapagkainan, eh, kailangan kababaihan ng may alam. So definitely women are needed. But Sam, 
do you think the leadership of BARM, in other words, the Moro Islamic Liberation Front leadership, do you think they will support this move to get more women engaged in governance and in the political process? Definitely the Bangsamoro should support women. I thank the Comelec for a call out and shout out on that. And the Bangsamoro, having had war, conflict, poverty in its maximum level, the maximum lalupa, the mother feels it the hardest. She is the major conflict victim, not just children. So definitely Bangsamoro supports the leadership of women, especially that it has suffered centuries of uh, not being in media, not being in public, uh, not being in teaching, not being in um, uh, supported in politics. So, so how would we go about bringing the women together? You know, um, Amina. Like in Barm, for instance, how would we do that in the yeah. conflict areas? Mobilize, mashwara, listen, consult, engage with the ulama men, the political leadership. Hindi natin iiwasan bilang kababaihan, bilang kamusliman na kababaihan, ang mga those in authority, those who are our voices, na supportahan tayo na magkaroon din ng sarili natin, gender representatives, mismo babaeng representante. So how do we come together and support an agenda? We have got to work on a political organized effort. Dapat ma-accredit tayo ng ating mga sanggunian as women's organizations. And uh, of course, uh, like uh, women here, Bangsamoro Youth are organizing the Bangsamoro Botoko. And we should support those initiatives at the municipal barangay level. And they should push themselves, not just in the social meaning teaching or dito tayo sa mga da'wa, of course, there is the multakas, seminars, pero engaging politically will also save lives. Why? Because when you have participation in governance, yung gatas at tubig at mga servisyong basic, karapatang pantao, ay nabibigyan ng pansin and babae ay bibigyan ng pansin. For me, to bring together the women, we have to ask the women what issues matter to them most. You may, you know, I, I don't think we can uh, you know, have a women's vote um, simply by you know, having leaders organizing them. The issues have to come from them, have to matter yes. to them, and realize that mm. unless we vote together, we cannot have mm. those issues addressed. For example, yeah. We, for example, Amina, uh, what issues matter to women most? Let's say the economic, because of the pandemic, because of the lockdown, the care economy is on full drive. Mm. And so what do we mean by that? That all of us women have not only to earn a living, but also our you know, uh, caring uh, responsibilities, not only for the children, but for the elderly, but right. also for the husbands, but also for other members of the family. And Amina, we also have to teach the children homeschooling. You know, that's- Oh enough. yeah. Yes, that's yes. That's task added to us. So we have, True. if the women, can realize, or, or rather, uh, it has to come from them that all that we need to elect candidates who will help us address 
these issues, mm-hmm. who will come up with a program of governance? Ako, ano eh, I am really more for issues eh, than for the who. You know, mm-hmm. then we will be able to get a women's vote. So, or, or issues that matter to them. For example, uh, misogyny, being, you know, mm-hmm. being, being vilified, being, right. you know, cursed, being harassed, being, you know, those issues right. matter to us. Mm. Yes, they do. So, we vote for candidates who will not subject us to such. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it has to, because in the past, why, why, not, why is there no women's vote? Because it was who centered, not the women's vote. Oh, we were centered so much on the candidates. Yeah, the movie star. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, and we have, uh, by the way, I mean, uh, we have 28% in the House of Representatives are women. And we have also yes. the same percentage in the Senate. We have reached that critical mass. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have yes. reached that critical mass among the candidates. But have you also reached that critical mass among voters? No, we mm. have not. So yeah. I think it is time that uh, we women realize that uh, we have issues that unless we confront as women, as a group, and we have the numbers, we can decide who will win and who will lose because we Mm -hmm. register more, we vote more than them. So Mm -hmm. let's not squander that. But of course, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, Samira left us, but she's more the, the grassroots person and it is really to start with the grassroots of people like us you know middle class university mm. educated urban based come on i mean it's not really us <laughs> determine the women's vote oh excuse yeah. me doc sock yes jenny is from d she's from dumagenti yeah. and i'm from yeah. d i'm from yeah, but, 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 you're you're the new yorker but it's an urban based. Yeah, but so um, well, go, going to the topic of uh, really keen interest um, for me and Jenny, because both of us are working on women in conflict areas. Yes. Peace is number one priority yes. and security mm. for women in these conflict areas where Sam and I come from. Mm-hmm. But mm. at the same time, we're beginning to see the rise of misogynistic authoritarian Mm. regimes that Mm. uh, prevent women from participating, from helping in the peace process, in spite of the fact that it has been shown that women who are actively participating in the peace process, in peace building, actually ensures Mm. the success of a peace agreement. So mm. you have had experience in uh, engaging women in um, the Bangsamoro. So as Jenny. So how do we go about specifically, because elections coming up, how do we make the entry here and really get them together? We already know they, they have commonality of purpose, right? They want to secure peace. But how do we go there? So how, you know, on our own, how do we... Get you know, them engaged. It's a very, very, very good question, Amina. And in fact, uh, when I ask you about uh, what the perspective or the framework of this podcast is, and you said it's about women in peace, then I said, then we have to connect women's political mm-hmm. participation with 
you know, women's participation in the peace process. And you know what my, uh, my answer is and uh, working with arm, you know, what we should really work on is the local women leaders. Mm. No, the mm. pinuno barangay, you know, oh, and yeah. I, I checked out, no, um, Amina, I checked out before this podcast, uh, in, in the barangay, uh, how many, how many men uh, candidates are there and how many mm. uh, men win? You see, this is the problem. Uh, if you look at the last barangay election, the 2013, that's the only data that uh, I got from Comelec. You know how many candidates, male candidates there are? There were 81.26%, 81.26% or 7,050. Mm. 7, how many women? Only 18.74%, which is 17,774. And how many got elected? 81.65% of the men got elected and 18.35% of women got elected. So to me, mm. this is the crucial one. Because, you know, peace is really starts with the communities. You know, the women community leaders, they are the, whoa, they're feisty. Huh? If you say oh, yeah. feisty, yes. no, I'm not. Because anyway, I'm in the city. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can fight me here. But, you know, sila talaga, they are really the, they're really the key to the peace yes. process. Because it starts with the communities. Look at Marawi. Look at also the women we are, uh, we are dealing with, and that is why, Amina, our project, you know, with, uh, you know, with, um, with this, uh, Miriam Wagi, and then yes. also uh, your organization, you the know, Women's uh, Peace Collective. Yes, and then also uh, CLD. That is crucial. However, it was uh, kind of halted. No, there is our entry point. It is that right. really, you know, Amina, to be very frank. These women at the national level, tell me, what is their participation in the peace process? What is their, do they know the comprehensive Bangsamora women? Do they know about the Bangsamora mm -hmm. so Very, very little. But talk to the grassroots women. It, that's the key. It is really mm -hmm. the women community leaders. They are the ones who can really help, um, you know, unlock you know, uh, we are, <laughs> I'm so used to this lockdown, you know. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Unlock, <laughs> 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 you know, all those, you know, obstacles. Unquarantined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Amina, the women we trained, you know, yes, you yes. Know our joint project, we have barangay counselors. We have barangay, yes. uh, you know, capitans like that. Some manage to win. Some, you know, with yes. uh, councillors, they do. And these are the women who really hold the key to the peace process. They are the women who can challenge the patriarchal dominance, you know, in uh, lawmaking bodies in, in the Bangsamoral yeah. Transition Authority. I'm a great believer in that. I think... 
it's really unless the community women leaders are really uh, are, are really our focus, you know, rather than uh, those uh, in the other you know positions. And you know, it's strange in many countries, mm. like for example Pakistan, and I know Pakistan quite well because I work there. Mm. You know, um, at the grassroots. Uh, there's a lot of women counselors elected during Musharraf's office. But as you go higher, mm-hmm. of course, they get yeah. fewer and fewer. So, Filipinas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they get fewer and fewer as we go uh, more and yes. more to the uh, lower, uh, not more lower, but to the barangays. They get fewer and fewer. And that's strange, yeah. right? Because yep. it, there should be more yeah. at, at the bottom. The, bottom and then as we go up lesser and lesser of course because uh, the mm-hmm. challenges are different but here and why is that again because of patriarchy because of this of male domination and i'm not being anti-male but mm-hmm. we have to get the men you know in uh, on board and that is why you know the milf mm-hmm. the milf changed a lot huh, about how they do women mm-hmm. That's true. I remember the early days of our lobbying, yeah. the leadership of the MILF. Yeah, they, yes. they've changed a lot. Huh? They've changed they a lot. They don't even want, yeah. uh, you know, EA initially as the head of the government panel. A woman? That's the question. But then later on... Let me, they, play, devil's, mm. let me play devil's advocate, uh, Sok, uh, and maybe like uh, pose a, uh, maybe an uncomfortable question, but something that I think we should answer uh because it it's it's been disrupting my mind you know so we are of course like uh proposing that we we increase the uh, you know women's political participation but should we be faced with you know a choice between a woman president uh, a, a presidential presidential poll, um or a, a candidate who's a woman but who doesn't necessarily have all things laid out when it comes to to her um, agenda for for women and for gender equality, and then you have like a male, you know, uh, presidential or candidate um, who has these things laid out um, and is very clear about you know his uh, gender agenda. How how would we balance this off, and um, how do we how do we elect the should we elect somebody who's a woman or someone who's a president or a candidate for women? Yeah, uh, thank you so much, uh, Jen. That's a very good question. As I said, now because I've worked in women's political participation for most part of my life, I have, I'm really beyond numbers. I'm really beyond, you know, just choosing a woman because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't mind having a male president who right. pushes, who pushes mm. for the gender agenda, who mm. works for the issues that are confronting us right now. If there is that man, ah, mm. you know, there is no question about that. Look, look in the U.S. And of course, I'm not saying the U.S. is better. It has its all, it's, it's got its own problems. See, Barack Obama, let's look at Barack Obama. Barack was actually um, elected because of a gender gap. You know, there are, there are data mm. to show that more women than men voted for Barack Obama. And that mm. is why Barack was so uh, was so respectful of uh, women's issues because the women got mm. her in there, you know. Mm. Yeah, but we don't have to go yeah. to the U.S. to look for examples. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, case in point, uh, Fidel Ramos, yeah, um, our former president. I was a member of his cabinet, and FVR maybe because he was well brought up by three mm. daughters and a strong wife, Ming Ramos. He was so pro women's agenda. I mean, important uh, cabinet posts were mm-hmm. held by women, including labor, which yeah. was under Nieves Confessor. And mm-hmm. it was uh, FDR, it was President Ramos, who made it a point that the National Commission on the Role of Filipino Women would meet with him once a week mm-hmm. so that we could bring the agenda to him and he could incorporate it because the NCRFW was not a part of cabinet. So he had a special time for uh, NCRFW. Mm-hmm. So you have here in the Philippines a male president who's mm-hmm. very pro-women. So I guess, Jen, I'm of the same mm-hmm. mind as uh, as uh, Sok. Um, if the woman is not pro-women, yeah. aren't you kind of tying a boulder to your ankle here and making it more difficult? <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. just to add to what you're saying, Amina, sorry, um, you know, this topic, that's why I accepted, you know, your invitation. Because it's, <laughs> it's really very close to my heart and I really want to talk about it. There's another example. Look, look at Pinoy. Mm. You know? uh-huh. And with who, under whose administration, was reproductive and sexual health rights passed? Mm. Pinoy. It was mm. not during Cory's time. Mm. Because Cory mm. was so differential to the church. With all due respect for her. It was a man. It was mm. Pinoy. Who mm-hmm. really was a and 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 he was of course uh, you know criticized heavily attacked yes. and you know the church didn't like mm-hmm. him at all. But look, mm-hmm. as it it was during his term right. that you know the sexual reproductive health rights law was passed. So th- there are mm-hmm. you know there, there are so many other examples of you know well I don't want to say. Who else are the women who didn't really? Uh, let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. Because your podcast might get me banned. <laughs> no, not, not, not that. <laughs> Pero, you know, Saken, I really believe. Like, okay, let's go to the 2022 presidential election. Yes, let's. Yes. Anyway, this is really the hot topic. Oh, yeah. So we have, you know... Uh, we, we have women candidates, we have mm-hmm. uh, male candidates, and, uh, you know, the big talk of the time is they're picking one woman against the other, which should not really be the case. So mm-hmm. um, what we should look at here is not really like, well, why is it, uh, wh- wh- why are people, wh- why did, for example, look, uh, and I can say this uh, honestly, um, what, what is Ms. President Duterte saying, oh, but the woman, you know, is not really fit under the politics. That is, because that is the frame of mind of a patriarch, you know, that's very patriarchal. Indeed, to Pambabai, no, you cannot do it because it is such a, you know, um, this is a, what a contact sport. And uh, this is really a thankless job, although he wants to become vice president. I don't understand. <laughs> we'll do that later. So, but that's very typical, Amina. That's very typical that, you know, but politics is not for, you know, women. And so she says, oh, lady, so weak, you know, cannot, you know. But then we should not get 
trapped into that kind of, you know, uh, what, what do you call it? Into, into that kind of toxic masculinity. Mm. We shouldn't get trapped into that. The fact is, we go by the issues. We go by the qualification. We go by, and this talk about, oh, but women cannot. And of course not. We have proven, hey, by the way, look, the women were the ones who fought for our right to vote. Yes. And in history would show that, you know, our women leaders are, including your mom, are so feisty, are so fierce. And in the, even now, Amina, uh, they have made a study of how women leaders mm. handle COVID. Uh-huh. The yeah. Oh, yes. Better than, the, than their male counterparts. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Now, having said that, yeah. I'm not saying that women cannot be dictatorial. Women can, you know. <laughs> because power. You know, you know so this yeah. is, it's always been such fun talking to you and and getting all riled up about uh, what we women can do and and uh, i i didn't notice the time um yes, so yes. we have to have another session with you sok but for now what is your advice to all of the young people that, especially the young women who are listening to this podcast uh, today first you register right mm. uh, because when you know, uh, you know, in the last election, so many people were talking, talking, especially the young. You know, they were uh, all for this and that candidate. It turned out they did not register. So first, <laughs> register. And number two, vote on the basis of issues that matter to you most. You know, so right. let's not make this a popularity contest. Come on. The survey is not the election. Right. Yeah. We just go by service. And let's not have election anymore because we already know who won. You know, the <laughs> survey is not the election. And number three, you know, women of the world united have nothing to lose. But that's true. You know, because and also the women, let's face it, we register more, we vote more, we have the potential of really determining who will win. But again, you know. Um, we have to vote on the basis of transformative change. We need change. Yes. You know? yes. We cannot be in the same. Oh my goodness, Amina, I'm 72. This might be my last national election. You know, you don't look 72, so yeah. it looks good. And, and seven, look, our next presidential election is six years from now. I'm, seven, <laughs> I'm 78 by then, Amina. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows if I can still be this actively involved? And women, you should take care not only of your physical but your mental health. Right, 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 right. So that's my, you know, and 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 you know, uh, we have so many to go by. We have, you know, so many leaders. Like with all my respect for your mom, because Mm. I know that she worked real hard. And for the Muslim women, come on. Uh, we we have to elect more from you know um, from from the Muslim women and not because they are you know Muslims or they're women or but because they will fight for our issue. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. You know, and so, and of course, my saludo to the women community leaders. Right. They are the ones that hold the key. It's not you know. Oz, who are now look 
Look, I mean, uh, we cannot even have a reliable internet. <laughs> in Marawi. <laughs> we, keep missing, we keep on missing some. And, That's right. You know, and we have to vote for a candidate who will address this issue of technology. You know, we, we say now it's uh, home uh, online schooling. But mm. the, How? Way, the burden uh, of teaching the children, the children who do not have the devices. And right. Oh, we have three. And then no internet connection. Right. So how, 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 how? Right, right. So the, and, and oh, come on, you know. Uh, so much to think about. So, way, so much. By the way, I mean, uh, in the pandemic, mm. people suffer, but the women suffer most. Oh, and, yes, and yes. We women suffer mm. most. And so uh, we should really look at 2022 as um, opportunity. For a change, mm. let's not have the same thing all over and over again. Wag nang paloko. Wag nang paloko. Wag nang politulit. Wag nang ano magdasi. And 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 you know the sacrificing woman. Come on, no 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 no. We don't like to be saints. No, we like to be. We like to have life on earth. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sok. Hey, thank you, Sabina <laughs> and Jen. Thank you so much. We're most definitely going to have um a part two of this, definitely. right, Jen? Yes. But we'll have we'll have sock on board, and we'll have more uh what they call it dynamite type of um, conversations yeah. that will transform the political landscape. Do you think you can do that, Jen? What do you think? Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, right now we're just talking to ensure that you know women have access to political spaces and decision-making and, you know, such a rich discussion from uh, SOC and uh, also with you. But basically, at the end of the day, you know, when women lead, uh, whether they lead as candidates or whether they lead as community organizers, and most especially in the peace process, incredible things happen. And more importantly, everyone benefits. So that's what we should work on. We have to have, Amina, we have to have an intergenerational conversation. Yes, like this. Yeah, like this. yeah with yes. uh, with Samira, you yeah. know, the, you know when um, when Samira, um, I, I've known her since she was a college student. So mm-hmm. in a way, she's like my my daughter, Naren. Mm-hmm. And I saw in Samira a spark of somebody who had plans for her future, mm-hmm. plans of making a difference. So I'm. Kept in touch with Sam. I've tried to uh, support her in her endeavors. And Samira is very remarkable for a young Maranao woman. Highly educated. I mean, she's she's been abroad. She could have had the opportunity to go abroad and make a name for herself in an international organization. But Samira, like many of her age group, chose to remain in Marawi chose to fight for the rights of her people, chose to work on humanitarian assistance because of the Marawi siege, and fearlessly faced off and spoke truth to people in power, whether it was the military or the Liberation Front or national government. So this is the kind of uh, young woman coming from the grassroots, right? That we want to see. And I think, Sok, you're right. There are many of them out yes. there. 
But yes. I guess you, Jen, and I, and uh, the rest of our our peer groups would really have to go to the Bangsamoro and try to bring out more of these uh, young women like uh, Sam. So I'd like to really thank you for starting us on this road, Sok. A road that you're going to join us on. Kaladkarin ka naman eh. So you will be joining us, right? Thank you, thank you. Well, if I mean, kaladkarin in the sense that if I like the women who are inviting me, I will. <laughs> right. That's why, you know. Otherwise, ayoko sa ano. Run of the meal conversation. I don't like that. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Amina, for those very substantive questions. And thank you, Valentin, for being so patient. (laughs) So to those who are listening to us today, this is Amina Rasul on She Talks Peace. Thank you. And uh, see you again, or we'll hear from you again next time. Jen, over to you. Yeah, take care, everybody. So this has been uh, She Talks Peace, where women talk about their work, their lives, the challenges for peace in their countries, the opportunities for women to occupy a decisive role in peace processes, and basically about women talking about how to empower other women. So thank you so much for joining. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.